Hi everyone and welcome to Klina Informative Talks with Lerato and myself Sharice. Uh, Hello again. Hi, hi, hi everyone. <laughs> we're back. Yes, we're back with another one. Yes, we're back. Today we are talking about sensory processing disorder mm -hmm. and we're going to just be talking about categories, um, different categories, what it is and how it's treated and alongside we'll be giving examples for you to obviously understand and how to deal with it at home. Yes, yes. Let's dive into it. Yes. What is sensory processing disorder? So it's the way that our central nervous system of our body receives messages from all our senses and uses that information for our fine motor, gross motor, and also behavioral responses. So typically we have five senses, right? Yeah. Which everybody is aware of, which is the, the auditory, visual, tactile, smell, and um, what's the other one I'm missing? Sight. Sight. Thank you. It is sight. But there are a few that I that I think are quite important as well that hasn't been mentioned and occupational therapies would know about these uh, terminologies and it's called vestibular, uh, which is more body movement and balance. And there's proprioception, which has to do with the direction and the position and forces that we use and interoception, which is internal, what's happening mm. internally being able to say, to feel whether you're getting hungry. So this, it's all internal things that take place. Yeah. yeah. And also there are different severity on it, yes. which is it varies from person to person. So someone can have multiples uh, or someone can have one sensory uh, disorder. Yeah. So most probably maybe tactile, which is t sense of touch and uh, auditory, which is hearing. And both of them, they they have the sensory disorder, or yeah. it's just only one, which is vestibular. So the the severity really differs, and we have to understand that it's all linked to the central nervous system. So it's something that we can't really say it's caused by this or that no. at this stage. Although there are a lot of research and theories that are coming up. But for now, it's just safe for us to just say that it's more of the central nervous system mm -hmm. and even the severity, they differ from child to child. Yes, and the thing is, we're born with senses, right? Yeah. It's not like something happened and now all of a sudden we have senses. So we, we're born with the senses. Yes. And like you just mentioned, it's the severity. Like we all have sight, smell, hearing and a taste. So it all, mm. each one's level of severity just differs like yeah. do we have one that's over responsive one that's under responsive and that's what we're going to talk about now in the yeah. next line about the different categories of the senses that you get when it comes to sensory processing and how the categories work is uh, the first one is called sensory modulation disorder and under sensory modulation there's three subtypes uh, mm. subtypes I call it subtypes but one is um, over-responsive, under-responsive, 
and sensory seeking or craving so we're going to go a little bit more into that so that we can explain and give you guys a bit of picture of what oh, that means yeah. yeah so in sensory modulation disorder the first one um is the no, sensory over over responsive yes, sorry. Yes. sorry about that so with the over responsive um it's most of the time they'll avoid the sense of touch being touched i remember in you spoke about brendan that it when when you, he was still young if you sleep next to him and you yes. touch him he will move yeah. yes so sometimes they what's this they over responsive or with the sense of touch uh, avoid messy play mm -hmm. that they'll just cry if you give them pain to some of them they'll just scream and have a huge meltdown yes. because they don't want to touch the paint uh, avoid light which is visual and auditory again large crowds they just in the morn with a lot of people noise you just see them closing their ears or mm. even in the classroom when it's too noisy some of them though they'll just hide under the table mm. and close their ears because it's too much for them yes. and it's over uh, responsive and the other one is over avoiding moving and being moved so just mm. touching them a bit for them to move or walk yes. that could also just start a, a big yeah. tantrum that's it and the signs for these kids is usually they would avoid any kind of uh, auditory anything that they feel sensitive about so they're very sensitive if they have sensitive hearing they'll mm -hmm. have sensitive uh, tactile things they would completely avoid any of the situations that make them feel uncomfortable yeah, yeah. that's true and yeah, the so under responsive so the under responsive is the complete opposite so these these um, under responsive children they are completely unaware of whether their face face or their hands are messy or have crumbs or peanut butter all over their face. They're completely unaware of it and it doesn't bother them. Yeah. <laughs> they're unaware of people touching them. They're unaware of specific movements happening with their bodies. Uh, they don't usually notice um, how things feel like texture-wise mm. or how heavy something is. And they often drop yeah they drop objects and they're completely unaware of falling as well mm. so it's a complete opposite of the over responsive child and then the third one under the sensory modulation disorder is the sensory seeking or craving part that's when they they're the ones that if you put paint on the floor and you're going to paint a big poster they'll be the first ones to roll in it they'll be the first ones to get messy and the whole place will be painted full of messy paint stuff. Paint their face <laughs> instead of painting the face. <laughs> and they'll just yeah. be in the zone. So that's it, usually, it's very self-explanatory sensory seeking. They're seeking that either whether it's a touch, whether it's a sound. Mm. Sometimes you'll find kids sitting going, ma, 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 you know, a constant mm. sound. It's, a, it's an auditory seeking. They seek that sound the whole time. Mm. Or they'll sing out loud or they'll, so there's the auditory, there's the sensory, um, the vestibular one where they're seeking spinning upside down rolling positions there's the one where uh, also tactile where kids are eating mm. inedible objects my oldest one is like mm. that he likes like he would eat his shirt yeah when he's he doesn't even realize when he's doing it so it's a lot of the times I have to throw away shirts because it's it's got holes in them <laughs> so eating inedible objects um, 
they often bump into things or into people and people would think that that's being purposefully, yeah. you know, but it's not. It's a sentry-seeking thing when they bump into things. Or it could be a child that fidgets with a whole bunch of stuff or they're usually known as the the uh, risk seek, the risk takers. They mm. look like the little daredevils that want to yeah. try all the adrenaline things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's usually, that's the third one under sentry modulation disorder. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, we right now we're going to be touching the discrimination disorder. Yes. And which this one, uh, we touched a bit on under-responsive one when you spoke that they don't uh, notice how things feel sometimes. It's very similar. Yeah, it, 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 it is similar. So it's it, it talks about the central nervous system inaccurate processing information Therefore, it cannot use the information purposefully to adapt mm. an appropriate response to what they are doing. So they have difficulties of identifying mm. qualities of stimuli and differentiating between the stimuli. Mm. So sometimes it's the misgauging yes. of the force that they have to exert yeah. at that time, whether they're pushing or they're pulling yeah. something or they're picking it up or they're throwing it down. Yeah. So they basically would have a difficulties of yeah. exerting themselves or using their yeah. force in that. So thinking of it as a, a broken gauge, mm. you know, so it doesn't really know whether it's doing too much or too little or something's too hard or too soft. So it's so, sort of like a uh, the gauge that's misguided, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So it's too much force, too much, it's either they go fast or slow whenever they're active. They can't find things, or that in 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 a busy background. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they they have to be maybe it has to be quiet for them to hear what you're trying to mm -hmm. say, and that this happens a lot in the classroom when there are other kids talking while you are talking as a teacher. Yes. Then they they'll find it difficult for them to actually uh, listen or concentrate on what the teacher is saying because their friends or whoever is speaking. Mm -hmm. So they have that difficulties or and then they may not get other sensory messages. So yeah. at that time where they have to have uh, that, I would say, exerting that force and all of that, they would have that uh, difficulties and relate to others successfully, how soft and how hard it could be. Yeah. So all of those things, it, it, it really uh, affects them in terms of their behavior and their daily activities. Yeah, and I like the uh, the one part that stood out in that was the where they they can't find uh, no, no not the can't find that also it distorts their their brains that they can't really find things. That's the one thing. And the other one was where they don't uh, they can't relate to others successfully, and also they can't get others uh, sensory messages, not just physically, but also. If there's a boundary like stop or don't mm. Or mm. it's and it it's directly linked to their relationships with their peers or yes. their friends or their family yeah and that is quite it's it's quite a big thing if you mm. think about it in depthly this really needs to uh, they really need that integration to take place with these things so that they can understand others and others can understand them as well you yeah. know because it can really affect their whole life mm. um, yeah, so moving on to the third 
category in, is called sensory uh, motor based disorder. And under there, there's the postural and the dyspraxia. And postural looks more, it's, it's basically their muscle tones, gross and fine motor. But the postural side, they struggle with movement patterns. Mm. They struggle with uh, balance as well as bilateral coordination. That means using your left and right side of your body to work together to perform certain activities physically. And, and they've got usually a poor core. They struggle with things like climbing. They have low endurance and uh, anything physically really they mm. really really seem to struggle with it's a lot of hard work and effort for them to it's that low muscle tone mm. that they have that they struggle with on the dyspraxia it's a uh, very very similar um, difficulty planning uh, body movements and acts sequence uh, acts of sequence things physically with your body and then fight and fine sorry fine and gross motor skills and they also tend to look very clumsy when they're doing things physically. So yeah, those are the three. I just want to quickly mention them again. And the categories with sensory processing is the sensory modulation, which talks about the over under responsive and craving. And then the discrimination where uh, inaccurate processing takes place. So they can't use the information appropriately. And then the third one was the sensory-based motor disorder, which has to do with their bodies. And uh, I think, I don't know what your view on this is, but the more I, you know, having children now and having to see these things and see how it affects their lives, you know, in the classroom mm. from a teacher's perspective, I can imagine that uh, socially these things would definitely have an impact. I don't know what your view is on that. It has a huge impact. Yeah. It really has a huge impact because of engaging in activities and working with other kids, yeah. it, it becomes a diff it difficult for them. For instance, maybe we're doing a group activity of painting and the other one does, just doesn't want to paint because they're over-responsive and they have a sensory modulation disorder then it'd be obviously with other kids they don't understand that why should she not paint while we are painting yeah. so it, it does affect them and also their like you said their relationship because maybe they love to hug yeah. or cuddle love cuddles from their friends and yeah. love holding hands and they don't their friends don't want to hold hands they just want to play and they just want that craving they want that tactile so it, it does affect them in that way that you find that other kids feel uncomfortable with them and it's not because they don't like them but it's just because for them it gets it tends to be too much for the mm. other child that is not used to that and that can regulate their senses yeah. and also with with their studies their academics it does affect their academics because for instance if they have dyspraxia and they can't plan they can't organize and also with their muscle tone, which is postural, they can't write, or maybe they can use Play-Doh, all of those things, they, then it does affect them in terms of their academics and in terms of learning. So it, it really has a huge impact, mm -hmm. their hearing, their sight, because all of these things, it makes all of these senses rather, it helps us and informs us to act in a certain way yes. and also to uh, behave in a certain way 
and also to respond in a certain way. So if that is distorted, then obviously it's we find an inappropriate behavior yeah. that is contrary to And they're what, often yeah. misunderstood as yes. well. And I keep saying this, and I keep saying this to you as well, is I know I mentioned Temple Grandin in previous episodes, and I honestly feel she has a very strong valid point when saying and emphasizing mm. on the point that people need to look at the sensory things first because sensory seems simple but if you if you understand the weight it carries and how it can impact an individual's life and it's not just children they I mean we're born with senses so even adults have senses yeah um, so it's just a matter of high how high or how low your senses are and which one and I really think there's not enough emphasis and there's not enough explained when it comes to the sensory stuff. And I feel a lot of things could be eliminated if we just focus on the sensory integrations of where there's lacking or not, not you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, uh, the severities of, or you could have one or multiple ones. Mm -hmm. It really, really is important. And um, to give you a little bit more weight to go with that, the effect yes. it has on an individual life is quite eye-opening if, yeah. if you listen to yeah. the next lines. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, we'll be reading from this book, Out of Sync, Child Has Fun. It's really a good book. Carol, yeah. yes, Carol Kranovitz. She is an amazing author. I would highly recommend yeah. reading her books to get more clarity and more background and information about sensory processing she's even got activities in this book mm -hmm. on uh, each different sensory uh, sense that you could use activities for say if you need something on tactile visual mm -hmm. road perception or doesn't any one of them she's got lovely activities that you could use yeah. for all of them yeah sorry so shall we read yes <laughs> the effects so now we're going to be talking about the things that really affect mm -hmm. uh, the effects that it have when you have sensory processing disorder. So the first one will be academic skills, which is we mentioned, attention, uh, auditory discrimination. Which is also an important one because of the, if you, if a child sits in the class, just to give a quick example, and there's not auditory, there's not auditory discrimination uh, or integration, then they don't understand the, the, um, instructions that are given to yes, them yes. you know it's it's quite a big one it, yeah it is the big one and also just uh the fact that they could hear different sounds discriminate yes. from different sounds because that's important an alarm uh with maybe hearing a song in yeah. and out all of those things you might take it lightly because yeah. you can discriminate but for them they yeah. sometimes can't discriminate yeah. all of that and um, balance which is quite important also we know how balancing is quite important in daily activities like for instance when they're playing football when even when they're writing even when they're sitting you need to have balance all the time and which is it touches to your core mm -hmm. most of the time because your core is the most important muscle that helps our muscles that helps us to obviously move our bodies throughout the day yeah and then bilateral coordination 
also important if they have to coordinate from the middle in all the time even with your hands just writing from left from right to left oh yes uh, crossing that midline midline yes yeah sides yeah. of your body so it, it does uh, affect them a lot uh, body awareness which is special awareness most of the time mm. they always in your space yeah and, and also knowing their own if there's if you look at the the discrimination where they can't fi- when they don't realize something's hurting mm. like they very clumsy they don't feel when they when they fall it'll be that child that fell and it's got scabs everywhere and the child will get up and carry on no tears nothing so that's actually not good yeah <laughs> they have to feel yeah. the pain and yeah yeah and then emotional security that's very important which is the big one yes. yeah normally they sometimes are insecure yes. because of how they feel and obviously not having a what's this sensory regulated mm. in an appropriate way yes. so obviously they sometimes either they overreact or underreact because of their emotions and then eye foot coordination this one eye foot coordination and eye hand coordination i think it also links to the bilateral coordination because they all it it is about uh, coordinating and how you do things your eyes how you would be looking at something from the bilateral coordination and also the hand also so they 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 quite link together although obviously they stand alone three three of them they but at the same time they do link together because if you have to use your art your hand coordination you have to coordinate your hand sometimes from the bilateral coordination your eyes from the so they really link together with the all coordination and then the fine motor skills with their writing most of the time yeah uh playing with uh play-doh yeah all of those uh activities that needs the fine motor skills which is your finger muscles wrist muscles and then flexibility and then force of granting of movement gravitational security mm. sometimes they don't want to jump up and down such activities they don't like them because they feel insecure yeah and then gross motor skills which is obviously when they do uh, use their big muscles most of the time which is crawling jumping and running all of those uh any physical movement, movement patterns, patterns yes yeah that uses most of the time their big muscles yeah. in oh, their yes. body the gross motor skills. the gross motor skills yes uh oh yes and um so the other part of the list is like hand preference healthy relationships with others now i also feel this is a link to the emotional side mm-hmm. because if you can't read other people's motion uh sensory messages which is a lot of the times what happens with these kids is they um they do struggle socially because of the the sensory processing disorders that they might be struggling with and this affects a relationship and this then affects their insecure you know it, it gives them a sense of insecurity like oh no there's something wrong with me but then they don't really know what's going mm-hmm. on you know and that just it it's almost like a ripple of it snowballs and mm-hmm. it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger that's what i'm saying emphasis on the 
working on the senses mm. to eliminate, you know, things growing and getting worse. Kinesthesia, uh, uh, again, body movements, muscle tone, also important, like we spoke about, you spoke about the fine muscle tone, the gross, mo uh, gross motor tone, any muscle tone, uh, whether it's low, mm which means weak muscles or whether they are strong enough or they use too much force. <laughs> Their muscles need to be strong to be able to do yeah. enough. Um, postural stability, praxis including motor planning, that's when we said uh, being able to plan motor skills and that's quite important, that's where the, it falls under the dyspraxia part if they don't have that. Self-comforting, so this is also another big thing I feel personally because they need to be able to self-regulate. Mm. We all do. No matter who we are, we need to self-regulate with anything that happens. So if they're sensory overloaded, they need to be able to find something self-soothing where they can self-regulate. So that's also, I think, uh, a, a good thing is teaching them techniques that their body needs to help towards self, uh, self-comforting. And again, linked to self-esteem. If they are getting the necessary inputs, they wouldn't feel so um, insecure. You yeah. know, the self-esteem would definitely grow. A sense of self-protection. Mm. Uh, so I know under, with the under-responsive, under the sensory modulation, they have poor sense of self-protection yeah and that's also so important I mean you mm. can just think for yourself mm. if they don't have that mm, exactly. it's yeah. it snowballs again self-regulation we already covered that with the self-esteem social skills again if you don't have mm. peers and you feel left out it leads to insecurity it just again snowballs speech and language skills again linked to insecurity because if you can't speak and your peers speak better than you or you can't get the words out quick mm. enough or your processing is slow and it's it also links to again that whole um, insecurity mm. and self-esteem yeah. tactile discrimination a sense of touch mm. and being able to t tell the difference I think later mm. on especially when you start doing project-based education where you need to be able to feel textures, yeah. where you need to be able to tell how heavy something is when it comes to measurements and units and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, it, it, really it really does affect their education as well. Yeah, it you does, know? it does. And then visualization and visual discrimination. I mean, yeah. look at this list, guys. It's quite a lot. It's a massive list, and this is yeah. all linked to sensory processing disorder. I just feel we need to take a moment and just even if you, if you have to re-listen to this all and just list them yourself to give yourself a visual of how mm. this could, you know, this is a list of how it could affect any individual mm. if these um, integrations really don't take place. And it's really important yeah. that, we, especially for the little ones, the sooner you start the and you can see where there's something that needs attention. Yeah the better for that individual in the long run. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. easier to guide a little one than it is fixing an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I heard that. It just popped in now. Yeah. yeah. 
So, but it's quite true. Yes, whoever true. said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's quite so true. So I think sensory processing, my opinion, sensory processing does not get enough attention it should get. Yeah. I really do yeah. feel that very strongly. And I see it more and more and more so. Mm-hmm. In the years that I've learned with my two boys, and the older one's 14 now. So in the years that I've gathered information and learned from experience, I, I just see more and more now. There's not enough emphasis and attention put on sensory processing. And it's quite important. It really is. Because it helps them in their daily lives. It helps them to survive. It helps them to engage. They need it each and every day in their daily activities that they engage in. So we can never, ever stop emphasizing the importance of uh, sensory processing. So as parents, as uh, teachers, we really need to be in a lookout and how we can help them. And yeah, sometimes just don't think the child is overreacting. Sometimes there might be something that you can help with. And which is a good thing that when when you look at the treatment, it's really uh, things that we can do, it's activities that you can do just to help them to regulate themselves and be able to act appropriately whenever there is a situation that they've used their senses, mm-hmm. if they're over-responsive mm-hmm. or it was under-responsive. <clears throat> you know. So the treatments will be uh, OT. Yeah. We always recommend OT and OT is just the best. I promise you, occupational therapy has done wonders. Yeah. Uh, it really, really... I can't put enough emphasis on that. It really helps a lot. Yeah. And um, you usually, and like I said, the book that we mentioned from Carol uh, Kranovitz has a lot of things you can use at home. And you yes. don't need to buy extra tools. They'll use home-based things that you can use. You yeah. know? It already, they suggest home-based things. Yeah. And it already yeah. has activities. So Something uh, before we move on to the rest of the um, treatments, I just wanted to point out you mentioned... The self-regulation part, yes. which I feel is really important. We also spoke about it before the um, episode and uh, pointing out that emotional intelligence mm-hmm. is a lot more important, I feel, than IQ. Because yeah. I feel Im- once Im- I- EQ is sorted, mm. IQ will automatically yeah. fall into place. Yeah. Whereas if you're missing or you're lacking with emotional intelligence, then there's a, a it, mm. it, IQ will definitely not yeah. happen. You know, that's going to be true. very difficult. So it's, yeah. yes, yeah. teaching children uh, self-regulation techniques is very, very good. I find from my experience, it has helped so much because they can voice then how they're feeling and what their bodies need, creating mm. that body awareness of. I need to go and jump. I'm yeah. talking kids' levels now. So I yeah. need my body. I need to fit, I'm keep moving because mm. I can't sit still. My body mm. needs to go and jump on a ball or jump on a trampoline. Yeah. Or making them aware of their bodies and what their bodies need. And self-regulation has been a lifesaver for my boys. They know exactly. And I love that they could do that. Yeah. I really love that they could do that. Yeah. So occupational therapy can also help you with, you know, with uh, things like that yeah, uh, for really, the treatment. It really helps. And just as you're talking, I, I just remember that it's also important for us as adults for self-regulating. And it starts at the earlier age. 
So if kids can be able to regulate themselves while they're still young, self-comforting, then when you're older, if you can understand your body, understand your emotions that, okay, right now I'm anxious, mm. I need to calm down, I need to relax, I need to think, what's going on, what made me anxious, what, ha- what have I been thinking about, mm. let me rethink it, okay, it's something in the future, can I do something about it, no, I can't, this, and then you tick the box, and then you regulate yourself, and then you start feeling yourself feeling better, that so important and that's EQ exactly and uh, that's what I want I just wanted to tell you um, I'll brag a little bit as a mom yes (laughs) it really really helps I have to share it um, uh, like I know with my children if it does become too much and the day is overwhelming in school there are the brushing techniques which helps with the tactile part there's the the swing that we have in mm. their rooms each which helps with vestibular um, stimulation and we have uh, I wrap them in a blanket and we use a big gym ball and we I use my body weight and the pressure to roll the ball onto his body and those are all techniques that helps him with it does with the sensory processing it helps with that stimulation mm. but it also helps him self-regulate yeah. it really gives him a calming calming mm. effect mm. Mm. and so, i see it he comes to me and he'll say mom i need my brush have you seen my brush mom can you please roll me in a blanket and squash me with the ball <laughs> you know so he comes to me and he asks mm. i need this now i need yeah. this now and the minute that happens it's from stress look to <sighs> i just Stop. came out of a spa yeah it really makes a massive difference yeah yeah and it starts from even like putting them to bed while they're still toddlers or they're still infant that it starts from their self-regulating when they wake up in the middle of the night and then they go back to sleep after they cry or so those are all self-regulation that we take for granted sometimes like oh she just woke up and then you think that sometimes just let them lie there mm-hmm. in the bed let them soothe themselves and go back to sleep Mm -hmm. that is so important because sometimes as parents we're always there to help it's good however you we have to understand that as they grow toddlers infant and even adults as we grow we need to have self-regulation and it comes from within and if we understand ourselves from within which is the eq then it's very important that we will be able to regulate ourselves and act appropriately according to the stimuli or for how we are feeling from the inside yes yeah and then speech therapy yes sorry the next uh, treatment apart from occupational therapy Mm. speech therapy yeah occupational therapy works mainly with the um the sensory stuff but there are other ways yeah other, other treatments you could follow and there are also other two research-based um, programs, which is the other one is SET. SET, which is a research-based education module for autism. Mm-hmm. It also deals with sensory processing disorder. And the DR, DIR, mm-hmm. which is Development Individual Difference Relationships. So you can check that out. Mm-hmm. It, it really helps uh, with sensory processing disorder. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yes, that's uh, there's quite a few things to choose from. Yeah. Uh, I hope um, this was really informative because I feel I found if I knew this many moons back, <laughs> it would have helped me so much yeah. quicker. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I really hoped that this. I hope that this helps those parents and teachers and yeah. other professionals out there. Yeah. And yeah, we'll put everything in the in the description. Description. Below. Yeah. And then you can get find more information and also the book if yes. you want to check it out. Very useful book to check it out. And thank you for tuning in. Yes. We really had a good time today. We learned a lot. And I must say that from the parents' perspective and experience, we really had some good pointers oh, there. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank uh you. Your experience really, really, every day just blows my mind. I love that we can do this from the parent and teacher, yes. you know, because it's two completely different sides. And yes. I really love that we can do that. Yeah. So thank you for yours, your inputs as well and sharing your stories as well. Look at her changing the... <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be awesome. Okay. Okay. Let's wrap it up now. <laughs> Thank All right, you, thank guys. you so much for tuning in and seeing see you on the next episode.